Welcome to the Thought Police podcast. This particular edition is brought to you by Dave Johnson, who is also the boss of Suitable Choices. Suitable Choices is an independent mortgage brokerage which covers the whole of the UK, although the company is based in sunny Kent, just outside of Margate. His tagline is straight talking, no bullshit advice. And he's obviously a man after our own hearts. You can find him on suitablechoices.co.uk. We come to you in slightly what you might call sad circumstances, Kevin, because uh, it's only a few days ago that uh, they announced the Queen had died and we've now got a king. So we thought we should still do a podcast, but we should be kind of a bit more reverent than we normally well, are. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that we've got to prove that even we have our limits. We've got to draw the line yes. somewhere. And to do our normal shtick, to sit around here, you know, effing and blinding and making facetious jokes, just doesn't seem no. right this week. So doesn't. what we thought we'd do is, you know, both of us have got some royal reminiscences we can uh, talk about, maybe talk about the way the media cover these events. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, a different tone, uh, but just to let you know, we're still here. Yes. Uh, and uh, next week, uh, we'll probably take a break because, as you know, the funeral's on Monday. Uh, and it just seems we have to wait until normal business can be resumed. I think but so. Right now, you know, I think perhaps we won't make any... It is quite an interesting either. time, isn't it? Because um, it moves quite quickly, I think, from... I mean, I know there's still people quite upset about it, but it moves quite quickly from people being upset to people kind of going, oh, there's a king now. Yeah. And I still haven't quite got used to the king word, have you? No, no. I mean, I heard you this morning, Jeremy. Yeah. I was doing it all the time yesterday. You keep calling him Prince Charles. Yeah. Everybody is having terrible trouble with it. Chris Ship, the ITV oh. royal correspondent, uh, I think it was Friday night, said, uh, of course, we're all going to have to get used to saying God save the Queen. Oh, I meant, of course... God, God save the Queen. No, yeah. he, went, he went, I meant, of course... God save the Queen. No, uh, God save the Queen. He couldn't get the word king out. So we're all having trouble with that. Singing God save the King sounds kind of weird. But to go back to your original point, Mike, I I think what's been fascinating for me is everybody all very upset by the death of the old Queen, you know, after 70 years and all that part of our lives, backdrop to our lives. But I think kind of almost immediately uh, that sadness uh, gave way to a real feeling of optimism yeah. about uh, pr- uh, Prince, now King Charles. Yeah, I think so. Because also, the thing that I quite like about it, and um, we spoke about this a bit over the weekend, is that all the other stuff that we usually talk about has kind of gone away into the background. All the wokery and all the kind of madness of the culture clashes and all the stuff that we're not supposed to talk about and the things that we're not supposed to say and all of that kind of stuff and the ins and outs of Westminster... And it's all been kind of forgotten. I know lots of people are not thinking about it as much as maybe we are. Mm. And lots of people are just going about their jobs and their businesses and, and, and not really paying too much attention to it. But it's kind of, I think it's kind of centred the country a bit. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I think there's a, there's a feeling of optimism about King Charles. And, uh, and that goes hand in hand with a feeling of optimism about our new government. You know, we have got, yeah. basically got a new government. You know, Liz Truss sworn in by the Queen 48 hours before the Queen died. And Charles, of course, becoming our King the moment Mm. his mother died. So those two, I think, although I'm sure that Charles and Liz Truss don't see eye to eye politically, I suspect they might forge quite a close bond because both of them have inherited these great posts of state at the same time. Definitely. I think it must be helpful to meet somebody who's also feeling their way through rather than meeting somebody yeah. who's been there Absolutely. for years and years and years Absolutely. and years and all of that. Because you imagine um, 
if it hadn't been the case and Liz Truss was the new Prime Minister and Charles was not the new King, that would have been more difficult. She would have had more pressure. I think she probably had less pressure on her because of the events of what had been going on. And if you were Charles and you were talking to somebody who'd been Prime Minister for for three or four years, even though it was Boris Johnson, you would probably feel like the interloper, wouldn't you? Yeah, but extraordinary times because this time, what was it, uh, last Thursday morning... You know, if you'd have told me, uh, you know, the new energy package, the £150 billion pound bailout, the uh, cancelling of the national insurance hike, uh, the removal of VAT, or this enormous, massive aid package from the government wouldn't make tomorrow's front yeah. pages, I'd have said you were absolutely mad. I know. Uh, but it turns out there was one story yeah. that was much bigger well, than I that, left, and it I happened. left the show last Thursday yeah, yeah, yeah. at one o'clock, and that was the only story. Yeah. And we, 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 we kind of knew that the Queen wasn't very well, but that was all. Yeah. And we'd had that before, hadn't we? Yeah. That the Queen's not very well, and she's not doing any business, and she's not doing any engagements, and la 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 But nobody thought for a minute that by, like, four or five hours later... Yeah. They'd be telling us that she was dead. Yeah, uh, and that was the story that beat all other stories all over the and world. And we were both here, weren't we, in the afternoon? Yeah, we were, indeed. Um, strangely um, enough, so it was as, as, as though it was kind of meant to be in a funny sort of way. So, so you know, a lot of people are going to go, you know, like, where were you when uh, mm. Kennedy was assassinated? Where were you when you learned the Queen was dead? So I'd been with you in the pub across the road from the office yeah. and a few of the lads as well. And uh, I decided to bow out, so I got on the tube and the Northern Line, you know, basically knowing the Queen was dead, but it hasn't, hadn't been announced yet. And uh, so I was just coming... So the, well, when you say knowing, what you mean you well, thought, you thought you'd convinced yourself? Well, I, I think we, we knew that day it was going to happen. Well, we, we knew it was pretty serious. Yeah. Anyway, the point was, I got on the Northern Line, and uh, it goes into this big tunnel, and it comes out just near Golders Green. So this was about half an hour after mm. I left you in the pub. And uh, as it came out, there was some guy looking at his phone, so he immediately got a signal, and his phone burst into life. It was the BBC saying, the Queen is dead. Right. So that's where I was. I was on the Northern Line, standing up, looking down at some other bloke's yeah. phone. Wow. And I, and I kind of, it is a kind of, uh, it's a strong image. I won't forget it. Yeah. Well, I was similarly um, in the pub and had been going backwards and forwards and doing little top you know, top-ups to talk sports and stuff like that. And I, I, I thought, I'd better just go back and see what's going on. Mm. Um, and as I walked into the 17th floor, they were literally just announcing it. Yeah. Which was quite bizarre, because if I'd missed that, um, and I hadn't been back in the office, I yeah. don't know whether life would have become different, but I ended up going in yeah, to yeah. do a little handover with Vanessa Fels, because she was struggling for it. I, I was quite emotional about it. And, but I remember thinking afterwards, imagine if I hadn't, if I, if I wasn't there, that would not have happened. I guess you know, not. Well, and and well. I wouldn't have had that moment. And it was quite a seminal moment for me because I didn't expect to have that reaction at all. I don't know whether you were emotional at all when you found out. It's but been, I actually me, was. Uh, Take I a probably, wild guess. Probably not. But, you know, <laughs> stiff up a lip and all that. You must get, you know, no, I, look, you must, look, get, you must get emotional is, at certain points. You've just celebrated your anniversary, haven't you? No, I wasn't emotional. Wasn't it? We just got drunk. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, um, no, I mean... Well, the, 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 I wouldn't say I got emotional about it, but but it was a massive moment. Yeah, you know, and that that so you were surprised that you got emotional. I was surprised that it had a kind of fairly profound effect on me. You know, I can't say that personally I became very upset, but mm. what I did think was, you know, God, you know, 
this it is genuinely the end my of an era. Inti- my genuinely enti- the end yeah, of an era. my entire life, all of our entire. She's always been the backdrop, yeah. and uh, you know, it, it did feel epic that she'd gone. You know, that something profound had happened. But I do think, you know, the ease with which Charles stepped into the role, uh, the dignity with which he's conducted himself, the great speeches he's made, uh, this, the uh, transition from Queen Elizabeth II to King Charles III has been seamless. I think if you're a Republican, you thought this would be a great moment. It's been a disaster. It wasn't, yeah. It's been a disaster for you. The monarchy looks even stronger than ever. And as I say... It's also a disaster for Scottish independence. Yeah, of course it, it was. Because it happens in Scotland and everybody is mourning. Yeah, but look at look at Scotland. But, but, but on a general basis, you've got a new king, you've got a new prime minister, and actually there's a serious feeling of optimism in the air. This is a time of change and it'll be changed for the better. To go back to your Scottish point, absolutely. I was on air yesterday and we were watching that cortege. I mean, that was 175 miles from Balmoral to Edinburgh. Uh, They went at funereal pace, so it took six and a half hours. Every step of the way, through roads, through streets, through country lanes, people were lining the streets. And when it got to Edinburgh, it was a joke. It was absolutely packed. The people who live in Edinburgh say they've never seen anything like it. Of course, a lot of tourists go to Edinburgh, but most of those people were Scottish. So, Miss Sturgeon, I would say... Uh, good luck with your independence cause because it doesn't look to be in good shape to me. No, it really doesn't. And that's when you realise, actually, that most people in this country like the monarchy. You know, they might like it in different ways, they might like it in different degrees, but at the end of the day, it is what makes Britain a very different country to a lot of other countries. Yeah, and I, we were talking today about France, and, you know, the French, many in many ways, are very sorry they don't have their own monarchy anymore. And they look at Britain and go, well, we wish we had that because we got rid of ours. But, you know, these are strange times. You know, like like strange times uh, deliver strange heroes. Macron made the most incredible speech. Mm. And he said said to us, to the British, to you, she was your queen. To us, she was the queen. And that's what Mm. the world felt about the queen, that that, that she was the queen. Uh, And the the, uh, thing about the Scottish people, to go back to them is, uh, you know, clearly they love the royal family. And it's not just Her Majesty. Mm. They like His Majesty now. And, of course, the, uh, um, the SNP, the Scottish National Party, have always been duplicitous about this. Yeah. They've been deceitful about it because uh, when they went to the 2014 referendum, the first Indy ref, yeah. uh, she, uh, or Sturgeon, uh, and... Um, uh, the party realised then that if they alienated themselves from the royalists, they yeah. wouldn't win the vote, they wouldn't stand a chance. I mean, they lost the vote anyway. But what they said latterly was, oh, no, 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 if we, if we go independent, we'll keep the Queen. Yeah. We'll keep the Queen. And, well, and the it, actually, Nicola, you can't keep the damn Queen and you can't keep the damn King. Uh, they, she's going to try and do this, but you can't leave the United Kingdom no. and keep the King. It's no, a lie. Also, no, but also nobody else apart from the SNP and Nicola Sturgeon, believe that the vote would be any different. You know, it would be exactly the same as it was before because Scotland 
is part yeah. of the union, and most people in Scotland want to they, remain part of the and union. And they want to keep the king. Yeah. Because you, you saw I mean, that I was, yesterday. I was quite surprised that we didn't see any kind of... We may still see it, because as we record this, it's this afternoon that they take the, the coffin up in the uh, up the Royal Mile. And it might. I, I think they wouldn't be stupid enough to do it. But there are some nutty... You know, SNP extremist types who might start, you know, hurling banners and stuff and saying, you know, well, they're, get they're, lost well, 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 they're, they're, they will kill off the SNP forever if they do that. They're blowing so. against the wind. Well, let's I'll hope they you. don't. But the other thought I had was about you might remember. Um, I mean, I know you were in America when Diana died, but I remember when the whole Diana death thing just overwhelmed the country, but also overwhelmed the newspaper industry. And we were all in newspapers in those days, not as we are now. And I remember thinking on Thursday. It's a bit late to be doing a 48-page special on, um, you know, the Queen, because all of them will have had some obituaries ready, but they won't have had the ability to do what they probably came out with. They wouldn't have, they'd have had to put all that together. When Diana died, it sort of happened in the middle of the night, and the first editions of the Sunday papers yeah. had it. Well, the last editions, rather. I remember the Sunday Express, which was I was associated with at the time, did a 7 a.m. edition. Nice. Um, which said just Diana is dead as the front page yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. all the way through the night she was still alive until about four in the morning, I think. Um, and similarly, when the Queen Mother died, they announced it Sunday morning. So you had plenty of time to do everything. But this yeah. announced this announced at 6.30 on a um, Thursday night, which for some of the biggest circulation papers, they're not as big as they were, is quite tough because their first edition goes pretty much at 7, 7.30 at night. So they won't have had time to do much. You know? uh, yeah, uh, I think they probably have got as much. They probably had got a lot together by then. Mm. Uh, and certainly that announcement at six thirty uh, was with the newspapers in mind. We've got to let the papers get. Yeah, there. but it wasn't. Uh, yeah. But it was late in the day, it could, though. Could have been earlier, but uh, they certainly wouldn't have let let it go any later than that because of the papers. Yeah. Um, so I had one conversation with Diana, wait years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to repeat my Queen story. Everyone knows that. Yeah, we've heard that one. Done yeah, to death. Yeah, and I won't repeat that. So I had an eight-minute conversation with the Queen, and I had about a five-minute conversation with Princess Di once, long when she was Lady Di, and that was uh, oh, when what, I was a young, was I was a young reporter doing shifts on on the Sun and the various newspapers, and so it was when she was going out with Charles, but it was like a kind of secret, so we weren't supposed to know, and. Yet we did know. And so being like the junior sort of shifter. Was um, this before the famous picture of her? Was uh, the, yeah, the yeah, it was before that. It was before like, that. Yeah. Uh, um, well, no, I think that that, that picture had emerged because that was taken when she was working at that nursery school. Ah. Uh, when it was confirmed, actually, was when her mini Metro was photographed uh, driving into Buckingham Palace right. about three in the morning. Uh, not a smart move. Buckingham Palace in those days thought, oh, well, there won't be any photographers out there at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there will be. Yeah, there will. Uh, but this was before that, and um, I had to go there. Um, uh, so she lived um, in Earl's Court. Did I'm she like, not live in one of those squares or something? No, no, there? no. She lived in this big block of flats on, uh, what's it called? Um, God, what's that street called? The one Earl's Court Road. The one that comes down past uh, the station. No, Earl's Court Road comes past the station. The one that goes across. begins with an O. I'll remember in a minute. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, she had a, it was a big sort of block of mansion flats there. Yeah. So we used to stand outside there every night. You know. So, so what they would do, the night desks, if there wasn't much going on, they'd just say to me, Hey, Kevin, about 8 o'clock, he said, go and stand outside Diana's place, see if you can get a 
you know, pitch it with a snapper and get yeah. a picture, you know, and all that. And uh, so, I, so she used to come back. So I, I was down there like every other night, and she used to come back and smile. And then one one day, she got out of a taxi, and it was pouring with rain. And uh, I was there with this photographer, and she sort of she had an umbrella, and she sort of stopped. She said. Even have to stand here in the rain. I said, "Well, yeah, it looks like it, yeah." <laughs> and uh, and uh, she said, "But why?" Were you any less grumpy? I said, in those well, days? I, it, well, I, She said, "But why?" <laughs> I said, "Well, because you're going out with Prince Charles." She said, "Who told you that?" I said, "I saw it in the papers." <laughs> <laughs> and, and she said, "Well, you know that hasn't been confirmed." And she said, "But I just feel so sorry for you standing here in the rain." And so I said, "Well, I'm not doing it for free." Yeah, absolutely <laughs> um, right. And uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, Old Brompton Road. Oh, Old Brompton, Brompton Road. Road. Okay, absolutely right. Near where the uh, cemetery is. Yeah, yeah. Just across the. Oh, road. I know. Um, and uh, and she said, oh, "Well, will you have to come here?" I said, "Well, why don't you confirm it then? You can confirm it to me now." And she just sort of laughed and said, uh, "Well, I suppose I'll see you tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> I think she did as well. Yes, I mean those were extraordinary times, and I remember just being put in. You know, well, I was where I was when I found out she'd been killed. I was actually in Wiltshire because that was where I was living at the time. I'd been out for dinner with some friends, and I got a call. Uh, from my sister, funnily enough, because we had in those days only like a TV with five channels on it, nothing else. Right. Know? And um, the phone went, and I think I'd, I'd literally just gone to bed. It's about one o'clock in the morning. My sister calls me from New York and goes, "There's been a car crash. We think Diana's been in it, and you know um, she might have a broken neck." And I'm like, "What?" And I was like, "Sorry, what are you talking about?" And I was sort of half asleep. I was like, yeah. "Were you reading the National Enquirer or something? What the hell are you doing?" And I went downstairs. Yeah, and we had this tiny little it, cottage. Yeah. No, there was nothing on because in those days there was no BBC News Channel. There was nothing. Do you know I had to look up? There was no internet. I had to look up bloody um, CFAX. Okay. Right? The old uh, data thing, which most people listening to this, if they're under sort of 30, won't have a clue what it is. But it's, I don't even know if they still. Do they even have CFAX? I don't think they do. Do they? Anyway, so I'm like scrolling down, and of course it was really slow. So you're kind of pressing this thing, and it's going. Cfax was rubbish. I once applied for a job there, and I didn't get it. That's how bad I was. And uh, and uh, you could have made it even worse. I could have done. I mean, little did they know. And it was basically like pages of. It was like three paragraphs per page. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And so the story said um, that uh, Princess Diana's been in a car crash, and at that point, Dodie was still alive, as far as we knew. And she was badly injured, but that was all they knew. And then, as time went on, I think I called her back because I think the Americans, obviously, being up, were sort of getting more news. But there was nothing on the TV at all. And eventually, it got to about three, and I was, you know, entranced then by CFAX. I just kept updating it, update, update, it wouldn't update. And I'm going, bloody hell, you know. Eventually, it got to the point where it said that Dodie was dead. And that was when I think I went, oh, my God, you know, this is like a serious story. And then, um, um, and then we didn't know that Diana was dead at that point. And then it got to about four o'clock. And I rang my mate Ian Walker, that you'll know, because yeah, he lived course, in Wiltshire yeah, as well. Yeah. And uh, I said, have you seen the news? He's like, what? I said, about Diana. He said, yeah, I know. I said, well, why has nobody called me? I was like night editor of the paper. He's like, uh, he said, I'm just getting some sleep. I said, why? He said, well, we're going in about seven o'clock. I said, all right, well, I better come with you. He said, fine. Um, I then rang the office and they were doing a sort of all night edition. Yeah. And Tessa Hilton was the woman in charge at the time. And I said, well, I'm coming in. She went, oh, I don't think there's any need for that. 
I said, well, no, I think there is a need for that. And then she went, I don't think there's enough chairs for everybody. I'm like, I don't care. I don't need to sit down. I'll be night editing the paper. And of course, we then, we went in. Tough chairs. Not enough chairs. And we went in and um, I didn't basically stop working for about seven days, all the way through yeah. to the funeral uh, on the following Sunday. It was extraordinary. Yeah. And I mean, that was a real period of mourning because when people were going, and it was, and I still, people still say it was when Britain changed, when suddenly people became aware of other people's feelings and yeah. people started weeping yeah. in the street, which before would never have happened. You know, yeah. suddenly people were In going, other words, a bad moment in our well, history. Well, you can say that, but I, I mean... Don't li- I don't like emoting. No, I know. I've noticed that. I don't think anyone... Well, it, it, it was to- I was taught not to show your feelings. Who you know, by? That's British. Who by? By my teachers and by my parents. Yeah. That's British. Yeah, you know, well, you believe, I don't think it was a great moment. No, but you did live in California. Though. Yeah, well, actually, well, to, to, I, I was, of course, in LA when, when she died. Yeah. And, you know, we were eight hours back, so it was all unfolding on the telly. Yeah. And, you know, I remember, you know, this old Dodie's died, and I, I was saying, she'll be, she won't die, because you just think, that is too massive. Yeah. And then they suddenly announce, you know, Princess Diana. The but you know when you get died, a feeling, you know? though, you get that, like you said, you got, before you got on the tube the yeah. other night, you sort of, I mean, at some point between about three and five in the morning, I, I suddenly got this feeling of just foreboding mm-hmm. and just went, I don't think she's going to make it. I think she's going to be... Yeah, well, I, I tend to agree. You know. But, I mean, the thing, the thing about the Queen last Thursday was, was, was that, you know... You knew, I knew from, I don't think most people did, from that moment in Parliament where they were uh, panickingly passing those notes oh, around. passing the notes, yeah, that was and, a weird And moment. then you get this unprecedented announcement from her doctors saying they're very concerned for mm. her, her health. That's because the palace did not want to come across as trying to keep this a secret. However, the fact they made that announcement was, you know, uh, unique. It's it was pretty before. unprecedented. And at it? that point, you knew this was her last day. You knew it. Um, uh, and uh, indeed it was. But, you know, the Diana thing, of course, was very, very different. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I had it in L.A. And, of course, you know, for, for as a reporter out there, we were not required <laughs> for about the next two weeks because uh, Britain was just reporting on itself, of course. Yeah. Uh, but everywhere you went, you know, into shops and things, people were just saying, so sorry about your princess. It's like, well, I didn't know her personally. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people said that to, to, to us from America from about the Queen as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, they, they feel... I suppose it's a bit of an American thing to do, that, that somehow we all feel sad. And, you know, we all feel a bit sad, but you don't really need people saying, you know, sorry for your loss or anything. But that's another thing that we now do that you didn't used yeah, to do. Yeah, I know. But as I say, it's the way it is now. Uh, I think actually so far we'll see that, that, that actually this has not been, that the death of the Queen has not produced that kind of emotional incontinence yeah. that the death of Princess Diana did. Uh, and I think that's good. I mean, look, it's quite right that people are sad. It's quite right that people are paying their respects, putting down floral uh, tributes, gathering around yeah. the Buckingham Palace gates. You know, th- that is right and that is good. Uh, but when, you know, when Diana died and people weeping in the streets, I thought it was unseemly, mm. to be honest with you. Just well, it was unusual, not British, wasn't it? Not British. It was very unusual. But we you don't know, do that. 
Well, we do now. I mean, that's well, the thing. Uh, well, well, I'm, but we I, well we don't, I don't think we are this time. Well, this time we're not because it wasn't a tragic but situation. We, we, but, but because we've regained our dignity. No, I don't think so. No, there was plenty of people crying. I think the thing is... It's it never good to let your emotions up, out. You should always bottle them up. Yeah, well, that would be something you would say, but actually you would be the only person saying that. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, you would. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Well, we're not going to have a row about it here because we said that we wouldn't do that. We're not right? having a row. I'm just saying. It, it, I don't think it is... Uh, well, you're automatically to, good but you're to let entitled, your emotions Well, you're out. entitled to say that about your own emotions, but not about anybody else's. Yeah. If I wish to well, let my emotions out, I will, thank you very much. Yeah, but I think we should keep them bottled up. Well, you keep your own bottled up, that's why you're so unhappy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, what do you mean I'm unhappy? I'm I don't very mean, happy, mate. All right, you don't seem very happy. Anyway, um, we did our best to try I'm and keep happy. it... I'm not happy, the Queen's died. We did our best to try and keep it civil, and uh, we almost succeeded, and uh, well done. I'll see you um, in a couple of weeks' time because, as yeah. I said, we won't do one next week when the funeral is on. Um, and whatever, whatever you want to do, you should do. Kevin says you should. Of course, of course look, I'm not telling people what to do. Of course, they, if if you want to cry, if you want to weep and wail, that's up to you. Thank you very uh, much. But I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin O'Sullivan. Uh, I'm Mike Graham. Uh, we'll see you next time.